This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, The Legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. Today on DWB, I'm joined by Navy veteran and retired firefighter Luke Schneider, founder and CEO of Fire Department Coffee, a veteran-owned and firefighter-run coffee company that's dedicated to roasting high-quality coffee while giving back to first responders and other heroes in need. Inspired by the vital role that coffee plays in helping firefighters stay alert and energized throughout their long shifts, Fire Department Coffee was founded by Luke and his wife, Kate, back in 2016. What fascinates me the most about the company is their ability to gain such massive traction in a saturated market such as coffee and CPG as a whole. On the show, Luke peels back the curtain and brings us up to speed on how Fire Department Coffee got started, how the process is going thus far, and what the road ahead looks like. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter at the link in the show notes, and also download your official copy of the Dog Whistle Branding Playbook at ironboundmedia.com. All right, all right, all right. Enough of me talking. Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and Mission Plus, where together we're building the next generation of confident, resilient, and badass entrepreneurs and brands to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding and founder of Ironbound Media. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Luke, my brother, welcome to Dog Whistle Branding. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you having me. I told Luke, man, I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while. I first came across Fire Department Coffee at the Milvet Startup Conference, and your swag was on point, the branding was on point, and you're in a very interesting category for this community because, you know, there was a joke about five, six years ago, I feel like all veterans were starting either coffee businesses, brewing businesses, or open a gym. And the longer I've been in this entrepreneurial game, I realize how hard certain industries are and categories are. And I thought that, you know, when I think about the veteran space, Black Rifle Coffee had a kind of hook, line, and sinker. And then, bam, here you go popping up. And you've got a great niche. You've got a great brand. So I'm excited to unpack a lot of that with you on uh, today's show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a heck of a journey. I, when we started out getting into coffee, we, me and my wife, we got into, uh, she was a barista when we met and I was a firefighter and we got into it. And she, she would take me to different cafes and, you know, we should pair different coffees with different foods and she's a phenomenal baker. So when we got into eventually roasting together, I wanted to do a coffee that spoke to being a firefighter and that gave back. And so I did a fire department blend, but the original plan was really, we were going to sell at farmer's markets and she was going to sell pies and I was going to sell coffee and and it just took off and, and with that fire department blend. So it's kind of, it's kind of been a heck of a journey, but it created this snowball effect that I didn't really even have a plan when I got into it. At what point did you realize this was like a sustainable business? So when, when we started roasting coffee, we started doing tasting events and 
I did the fire department blend because I wanted to do a coffee that spoke to being a firefighter and gave back. And out of all the coffees we did, everybody loved that. So I realized there that people love the, not only the coffee, but they love the story. They love the mission behind it. And I told my wife I wanted to start a company around that. I wanted to start Fire Department Coffee. And she didn't love the idea at first, but she supported me along the way. And so I started Fire Department Coffee in 2016, started online. And, and when we launched it, it started seeing sales right away and, and kind of started from there and realized we were onto something started getting some good media exposure, getting the word out that way and started doing content online and just started meeting other people. I met like adding firefighters to the team and just helping build the company. And it, it's just kind of continued to build and grow. We started in a 800 square foot strip mall. Looking back, what do you equate that initial success with? You know, because a lot of us, when we started, we really didn't have much business acumen. We're just kind of figuring it out. Then you start doing programs. You learn about, you know, marketing and categories and yada, yada, yada. But initially, you're just kind of going off of instinct, right? But as you kind of give yourself your own little kind of after action, why do you think this hit so well when so many other veteran-led coffee brand startups don't catch the same amount of traction? Yeah, I think some of it's timing, some of it's work. I, I think a lot of it is God has just blessed us and he's opened up a lot of doors and, uh, you know, continuing opening doors for us, providing right people at the right time. Uh, there's, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, I tell people this all the time. I can't take credit for it. I couldn't have planned it if I wanted to. It's been a lot of the right people at the right time and, and having a vision and then sharing that vision with people. And when people see that and they believe it, and they get behind it, that's when that's when powerful things happen. And I think that when you build a team that also shares the vision and you go after it together, it, you have a mission and that makes it fun. And it, it really, you know, iron sharpens iron. And and I think that's what it is. A lot of hard work and, and a lot of team effort. I wonder, and I'm just thinking out loud, because this is the beauty of having a podcast. Uh, right. This is like us writing, except instead of writing, we're just kind of communicating via audio. But, you know, coffee is a hard category. OK. And if I'm advising people these days and they like, oh, I got a business idea, I'm probably not going to say start a, a coffee business because you got to move a lot of product before you even start worrying about your own salary and the salary of your team members and stuff. It's just a grind and it's just a hustle. And as much as on the outside, People can look at what you're doing and say, oh, my God, it's a great brand play, right? Branding can only get you so far, right? I think you've got some innovation somewhere else. And I don't know if it's the community focus, if it's the taste of the coffee, but I know it's bigger than just throwing, you know, fire department coffee on the brand and, you know, marketing to firefighters, right? Because the way you're moving, the success you've received, there's something else there that's in the product. Yeah, a lot of good points there. And I think it's a it's multiple things. I think there there is multiple pieces to the puzzle, if you want to call it that. But some some I wouldn't say just coffee, like coffee is the second largest traded commodity in the world. So it is very large market, very competitive market. It's second to crude oil. So the but food and beverage in general, 
is very competitive to to grow a food and beverage brands in in most categories. And I think where where a lot of companies struggle is that scale piece, as you mentioned. And so I I truly believe in in food manufacturing, or if you're in a food product one, you have to differentiate your product somehow. So whether it's your brand is definitely a big differentiator, your mission for us, it's our mission behind it, the authenticity or or is it that the product speaks for itself where there's so much innovation in the product to where it kind of it stands on its own? And I think in, in our space with coffee, it's been a little bit of all of it. But also you got to build the manufacturing side to be able to get scale to where your cogs are efficient enough to where you can actually scale. Because there's two things you can't get. You can't get scale efficiently if you're just starting up and you can't work with the uh, unless you're building it yourself because you can't work with the top co-manufacturers because they don't want to work with startups. They want to work with established brands that are moving scale and volume so that it's worth their time. So really, in order to to get scale and efficiency, you got to build it to some capacity. I wonder if that's the innovation too, the disruption, not disruption, sorry, the distribution, right? So one thing we know about, you know, the fire departments, they're all over the country, right? Every city, you know, every local, there's, there's fire departments all over. And so when you really get a product that speaks to that community, and it's like, well, where are we going to sell it? Or how are we going to active do activations? It's like, you really just got to open up a, a map. And like, we can go here, we can go here, we can go here, we can go here. And I think that has to be very appealing for even potential investors, right? When you start thinking about sales and getting product out in market, because the hardest part about the startup phase is getting those customers, you know? And I would like to believe, but you can answer this better than me. I'm assuming that the firefighters themselves are your perfect customer. And if not, those that really support the first responder community. Yeah, you nailed it. So, you know, like for us, we've always been very conscious to not put ourselves into a certain category because ultimately we want to be the coffee for everybody. But you can never you can never please everybody. Right. So but we do want to we do we never want as we grow in scale, we never want to put ourselves in a corner in a box. So we never, when we started, sought out to be the coffee just for firefighters. We wanted to be the coffee that represented firefighters and the the firefighter community. And we wanted to have a mission that supported that community. But we also, we wanted to be the coffee that, you know, people, everybody can, can appreciate. So what we found was that our our customer base is not just firefighters. It's people that support firefighters, that support first responders, that are coffee coffee enthusiasts, or they support veterans, and uh, they support our mission. and And they love good coffee, and they're willing to to pay for a premium product if the you know if you can provide great products and service. And I there's so many piece, pieces to the puzzle. Is you can't just have a great product, and, and that that won't stand on its own. You got to have good customer service. You got to be able to, you know, service the customers the way that they need to be serviced. You need to be convenient where they're shopping at the right place at the right time. There's so many factors that go into it and getting that message to the to the market, to the consumer, getting them to connect with your brand, building loyalty for the brand, building longevity, you know, maximizing the order value. There's so many different things to building a brand, in my opinion. Well, let's start there. 
All right. So I know, take us back early days. At what point were you like, okay, I really need to invest in branding the hell out of this coffee, you know? And I'm not talking about, you know, using, because, uh, you know, some people go to market, especially food and beverage, and they do their little Canva and whatever. And I get it. Get that MVP out. But when you're trying to punch above your weight, you want to go a little bit more. And what I can say about you guys and stuff, your packaging and your branding, it's, I mean, it's, it's already good to go, in my opinion. Thank you. Yeah. So that was one of the first things that we realized is you can have the best coffee. You put that same coffee in an ugly bag and they, they won't like it. The consumer needs to like that coffee before they taste it. And that that is I think that that's such an important aspect. So if you don't have good packaging or good designs, it's it's likely not going to sell as good, whether the coffee is just as good or not. And a test that we did was we sent coffee to some, you know, get some consumer feedback. We sent some to some fire stations and we sent it in different bags. This was early on. And, and one bag was the ugly bag and the other bag was the the better looking bag. And we put the can't remember if it was the same coffee or we, you know, switched them up. But it was the it was the better bag that went that always won, whether it was the the, you know, crappy coffee or the, the better coffee. So it, there is a lot to be said about, you know, having good packaging. How did you balance that decision? Because I'm sure I'm assuming that, you know, it costs money, it costs a lot of money to invest in that level of branding. And then on the packaging, you just increase your costs. Whereas, you know, in a startup phase, people are just trying to kind of save money. And so it's like instinctively, we know how important these branding stuff is. But when it comes time to actually do it for ourselves, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs try to cut costs. Yeah. Yeah. And you try to do as much as you can yourself. And then you realize really quickly that, you know, I, I tried to build the website originally myself. I realized I'm not good at building websites. and I'm not good at doing designs. And that was the, one of the first things that I did was connect with a really strong branding and creative person who now is our chief creative officer. And he used to be the creative director for Wilson Golf, Golf as well as other agencies and has done some pretty large projects. He's designed the UFC belt, uh, has done a lot of different product design, logo design, packaging design. And I contacted, his name's Brad Flaherty, and uh, contacted him. I said, hey, do you do logos? And he said, yeah, I do. And started working with him just on the logo and the packaging. And that was where it started. And then one thing led to another and continued to work with him. But yeah, it's really hard uh, when you, you do have to pay for quality and you can't cut corners on stuff. And that was one thing that that really helped me was I was a full time firefighter when I when I started fire department coffee. So we were very bootstrapped and, you know, I spent a lot of our my personal money, all of our savings. We didn't have a lot, but my wife and I, we had twenty thousand dollars we started with and we we had that twenty thousand dollars to start the company and pretty much got us the initial equipment and some other things like the initial packaging, the initial inventory. We spent that twenty thousand very quickly. Then we ended up racking up about $100,000 in credit card, between credit card debt, loans, other things. Fortunately, you know, it paid off for us. We were able to pay that stuff down. But between my full-time job, starting the company and putting everything into the company, it took a lot of risk and a lot of sacrifice. And that's why I'm so grateful for my wife and her support and believing in me and believing in the company 
And, and what the vision I had was at, you know, and it's been growing and evolving, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of sacrifice and risk. And I think that's, that's really the true heart of an entrepreneur is you're willing to step out there and take a risk, even knowing that you, you could lose it all. One question that comes up often with entrepreneurs I talk to is how do they go about building brand awareness? And early on, what did that brand awareness look like for you for, you know, that first $20,000 investment? I know you were doing kind of pop-ups and sales and how has it evolved over the last, you know, five years or so? Started out, we did do some farmer's markets, started out with just some local tasting events, started You know, I tried doing sales where I I was reaching out to, you know, different restaurants, trying to get our coffee into restaurants or cafes and trying different things. And ultimately what I realized was I needed to build the brand and the packaging test and proof was was evidence of that, that I needed to focus on building the brand and driving awareness and and then and then what people finding out about you and coming to you so what started like micro local and you know targeting or calling different restaurants or customers or trying to get out there in different ways started evolving into building an an online presence and building that social media presence and getting website traffic to our website so we were able to do that through some you know, PR, getting some media exposure, starting to build a social media presence, starting to do SEO and tactics like that to drive website traffic. And ultimately now here we are and we've got, you know, we're we're growing hundreds of thousands of, of, of followers every month on social media. And last month, our, our YouTube had 10,000 or 11, 11 million uh, minutes watched. I think this month it was like, 20 million minutes watched. We grew about 100,000 YouTube subscribers within the last month. Our other channels are growing tens of thousands per month as well and thousands a day. And so a lot lot of social media. We're getting continued media um, presence and then also do national activations. We're the official coffee of the National Hot Rod Association. So we we go to national events all across the United States and we send teams to different events. And so a lot of the awareness comes from social media, uh, media, building, building the online presence and digital footprint and then doing activations. Because I love activations because then you get that consumer feedback as well as engaging with customers directly or potential customers or new customers uh, directly. So that's a lot of different tactics we utilize, but it's it's kind of gone from local to now national. So there's a clear delineation you can see from when you were like, I'm going to go ahead and start investing in Brandon. And I'm assuming that means tell the story. And you tell the story on different platforms, like you said, social media, in-person activations, you know, out there shaking hands, kissing babies, obviously the sales process and the pop-ups. But you say... Because I feel, I still think it's confusing for people. They're like, I need to build the brand. I need to build the brand. Like, where do they start? Like, what do they do? Because social media, on one hand, especially now, right, it's easy to make a landing page, a website, yada, yada, yada. But I just feel like the internet is extremely noisy right now. You know, it feels like we're getting hit from a thousand different directions while simultaneously your followers are growing. They're growing. They're growing. And you equate that to brand building. But is there anything you think you do that's different 
relative to what other people are doing out there? Yeah. So online people are consuming content, you know, so like large social media, they're consuming content. So you need to create content that they want to consume or that your, your customer base, you want to, you want to, that we see that as our top of funnel. That's like driving awareness. That's where we engage with our community. That's where we build community. And in order to do that, you need to have something to talk about or something to consume or, or whatever it is that they're engaging with that they can get to know the brand and the brand voice. And so we do that a lot through social media content. And, you know, I'm not good at that. I really don't do, I don't do a lot of podcasts. I don't do a lot of um, videos type stuff. I don't do social media content. Uh, but early on, I realized that th- that we needed to do that. And I found somebody who was really good at it and loved being on camera, loved talking, loved, loved being, you know, um, the energy um, on camera or whatever it might be. And, and his name's Jason Patton. He's a he's our vice president of the company. He's a part owner and he leads our content creation, all of our social media. And uh, early on, you know, we met the story behind that is somebody tagged us early on and you know he had posted something he's down in florida and said the only thing that was keeping the the fire station from killing each other was coffee and because they were locked down because of a hurricane and somebody tagged us we sent him coffee and then you know we got to know each other and and one thing led to another so a lot of it is too i think building relationships and finding the key uh those those key team members that you need on your team to build, to build up, you know, that, that rocket ship, because you can't, you have certain, we all have certain strengths, you know, and knowing what our strengths are and what they're not, I think is a key because you got to find people that are strong in the areas that you're, uh, that we're not, or I'm not. I'm, I'm writing this down as a million dollar insight. And I like that you bring this up because the battle early on for startups is you got to drive sales. You've got to, you know, refine your product. You've got to do all these things. And then social media and content creation and brand building is this like whole separate beast that needs to take place. And you were smart early on of like, hey, we know this needs to happen. I'm really not the best at it myself, but let me outsource that. So rain, sleet, hell or snow, right? Somebody is creating content. Somebody's building that brand awareness while you're doing what you do, which is innovating the product, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all the stuff that you need. Um, and I think that's great. And I will be honest, too, of like, you know, I do social myself, but mainly LinkedIn and email newsletter, because my fear is that social media is rented land. You know, they change algorithm. They do all this different stuff. And you don't own your audience. So I'm big on that email list. But also the wartime CEO in me realizes that, man, you got to innovate. And sometimes you got to try stuff. You got to try the YouTubes. You've got to try these different platforms and figure out what works for you. Doesn't always have to be home based. What you can't do is just stay stagnant. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to be dynamic and you got to change and flow, you know, like if social media is changing, if the algorithms are changing, you got to change with it. And so like, that's how you, that's how you grow is by adapting. And, and that makes us stronger. Now, one thing is a struggle too, is like the handoff, right? So you've partnered up with, you know, I think his name is Jason. Okay. You and your wife have been doing it up until this point. How do you hand off marketing, you know, and measure and say like, hey, make sure that this is actually kind of working for us. Because it's one thing when you do it yourself, 
It's another thing we start bringing people in. You start hiring vendors. You know, you keep them on retainer. You do all this stuff. It's like, how did you set yourself up for success for that? And how have you been able to kind of manage it as you guys have grown to make sure there's still alignment? Yeah, I've I've been very close to the brand for from the beginning because, you know, it's just it's just from start to finish from everything, you know, in the beginning, it was doing everything, the customer service, the roasting, the packaging, the shipping, uh, everything, you know, getting the capital, you know, getting money, getting the equipment, operations planning and and everything. And and as you grow, you, like you said, you have to let those things go and it can be it can be challenging. But once once it's running smoothly, it's like you don't want to you don't want to prematurely let something go. And then, you know, you, you don't want to do things blindly. But but when you know things are running smooth and you know that it's time, it's just like it's kind of like you just sense it like that. It's you're so close to the brand that. And the company and 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 it's dynamic in itself and it's it's become a you know living breathing thing where there's it's not just me anymore we got a team of people and they they got to take care of their families and you know and and they have feelings and different things and needs and and you got to take care of everybody and it's just it's a living breathing thing when you when you create a company that starts growing because ultimately if if I get in the way of these teams or the growth, like I will become the bottleneck. And I've seen that. And it, for me recently, there's, I had to release some of the communication in the company because really like we have multiple teams now within the company. And I used to monitor all of the communication within, within the company. And that's not possible anymore because I get, you know, a thousand emails a day and it's just, it's not manageable. So you have to set process. There is a time where it is a little challenging to let go, but ultimately you got to build a process, build, build a team that you can trust. And then when the time feels right, I think, you know, if you're close to it, you just, you just sense it and, and it's time, you know, it's just time to let things go sometimes. So you started with just you and your wife, they all brought on Jason. How big is the team now? So when I started Fire Department Coffee, my wife said, she actually thought it was a dumb idea. She didn't believe in it. But she, like I said, she supported me. She said, you want to start a company, a brand around the fire department? I said, yes. And she was like, that's a dumb idea. That's going to fail. But she supported me. And, and I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't be able to have done it without her support. But at that point, she let me take the company, do what I want with it, and then some of the early people were I needed help, you know, roasting. I can't I can't roast all this coffee by myself. And then I needed somebody to help me with customer service. And so hired a customer service person. And then now we we have around 50 employees and we expect to probably have 80 employees by next year. You guys have done some. Is it NASCAR? Like I don't watch racing, car racing. Is it NASCAR, though? Yeah, we've we've done NASCAR Xfinity Series. We we're a prime sponsor this year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and then as well as the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association. You are out and about. This is my advice to y'all listening. See, here's the deal: you can't just build a brand sitting behind a computer. I know that that's what people are selling these days. They're going to automate and do all this other stuff. 
You got to be out and about. And let me tell y'all, man, Luke is on the move, right? Seeing you doing the NASCAR, like you said, Xfinity Series stuff, the conferences, everything. How much you stay on the road? Quite a bit now. I, I travel quite a bit now. More more than I did before. You know, I work on average for, you know, and at times it's been more, but I would say at the minimum 70, 80, 70 to 80 hours per week. And that's at the minimum. In the earlier years, it was probably more like 100 hours a week average. And I wasn't sleeping a whole lot and just grinding all the time. But like, yeah, it's it's tough. It's a lot of hard work. And so you can't just have an idea. You got to put effort behind the idea. And you have to believe in the idea because whatever it is, people will tell you that you're going to have some people that are going to tell you it's a dumb idea or that it's not going to work. And you got to be able to just, it's good to take feedback and, and input, but also you got to believe in yourself too. And you got to believe in what you're doing. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know where else I was going with that, but yeah, I travel a lot now. How about, how about you? You're, you, I saw you in San Francisco. I, I mean, you're probably, I do stay on the move too. Yeah. yeah. You got to get out there, man. You know, because I have Ironbound Boxing, which is our nonprofit and, uh, it works really well being out seeing people because people keep thinking of you top of mind, you know, when grant opportunities and things come up and, you know, similar to how you cultivate that first responder, that fire department community, you know, I try my best to do it in the veteran community as well. I didn't get to make it out to the military influencer or the conference this year, but who knows, maybe next year. That's awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that. And also I love boxing. So are, are you, are you a boxer? I'm assuming I see your hat. Navy boxing. Yeah. I was a three-time national boxing champ, two-time most valuable boxer, and the captain of my boxing team at the Naval Academy. That's I also incredible. got selected for the Marine Corps boxing team. And here in Newark, I run a free boxing gym for the kids called the Ironbound Boxing Academy. I love that. Yeah. So that's I been on why. That. Yeah, I want to learn more about that because I love I love boxing. I think I mean talking about, you know, work, I just there is nothing more challenging, in my opinion, than getting in the ring with somebody that, you know, wants to knock your head off and, and you're fighting. And that is a that is a combat sport, you know, and taking multiple punches. And that is a tough sport. And I got a lot of respect for boxers and wrestlers and, you know, mixed martial artists. And I, I just think that's that's incredible because talking about the, you know, part of a warrior or somebody tough like there's you got to be tough to be a boxer 100 percent, you gotta be tough to be a firefighter because when that 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 building is unblazing that house is on fire you know you guys are running in y'all are pulling people out and people don't also realize you know all of the emt stuff that y'all have to do as well you know you're the first on scene for a lot of these really bad car wrecks and you know just just everything i mean that's really the front lines yeah, I was. I loved it. I loved doing it. I never thought I would leave the fire department. What made you? What made you step away? The business just got to a point where I wasn't able to do both anymore. You know, I I don't want to. I didn't want to give half to the fire department, half to the business. I felt like these doors kept opening, and what was my reason for not doing it was the question I was asking myself, and and. We were in a position to where, you know, I could pay myself uh, the salary that I was making on the fire department. 
And um, it was now it felt like it was getting busier and busier. And, and yeah, the, the question I asked myself was, what is the reason for not doing it? And the, the answer was, if I didn't do it, it was because of safety of my job, my pension and all the things that I had going, my, the health benefits, everything I had going for me with, with the fire department job. And, and I loved the job, but it was, it, it, the reason for, for me not doing it would have been fear, fear of failure. What if this doesn't work out? I got this good thing going for me and it doesn't work out, but I just believe that, you know, and I'm a believer. So I, I prayed a lot about it and I felt like there was a lot of doors opening and that a lot of things were happening that weren't a coincidence. I don't, I don't believe in coincidences. And I, I just felt that it, it felt like it was where I was being called to, to go. And, and so I went. There is no safety net. It's a hell of a thing to make that jump full time. I remember when I did it in 2018, but I was like you, I was like, if I don't do this now, I don't know if I would ever do it. You know, I just was like, this is the opportunity. Now, one thing I want to ask you too, is that, you know, when you think about military as startups, each community has its own kind of culture and its own values. And let's use Navy SEALs, for example. Navy SEALs tend to push back very heavily on people that lead with the SEAL brand, you know? So they even have like a shrine or something at one of their training commands of like people that they don't like anymore because they wrote a book or they started a business with Navy SEAL brand, et cetera. How has the fire community, fire department community, received you all is that something that you were worried about initially or not so much not so much i we're we're very well received in the fire department and a lot of our team is still active and are uh, either active full-time firefighters we have some volunteer firefighters we have you know retired firefighters on our team and a lot of them are influential firefighters. So like Jason, he does a lot of keynote speeches. He speaks on mental health, very well respected in the fire service. You know, these are good firefighters. A lot of them are, are leaders in their fire departments, officers. And uh, so it's been very well received. One thing that I was, you know, when I left the fire department, I was like, we're fire department coffee. What are people going to think when, when I leave the department? And was interesting when I when I ended up leaving the fire department, I didn't know this was going to happen. Fox News did a did an article on on it. And and I was like, when I saw that, I was like, well, here it is. The 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 nation knows now I, I left the fire department. But the response was incredible. It was a, a lot of firefighters were like, we're proud of you. You know, congrats on all the success. And, and I felt like they. They, it felt like they were celebrating with me, like one of their own, you know, has made it, you know, and we're doing well and, and they're, they're very supportive. And I'm, you know, it's, I'm very grateful for that. And also, you know, it really is that, that camaraderie that you hear about that, that family, that brotherhood and sisterhood, you know, when, if you're as a firefighter, like when you have a team, you know, it's your team is your crew. And you have stuff thrown at you on a daily basis. Not like, I don't mean like literally like people throwing at stuff at you, even though that that can happen. Uh, but typically, you know, it's 
it, you never know what you're you're going into, whether it's a medical call or a fire and, and all of a sudden you're sleeping and the next sudden you're you got a burning building and, and there's somebody inside of it. And you've got to you got to think fast and you got to act fast and you re- rely on your team to make sure that they have your back. And it's just a, because of that. And you live together. I mean, you work together. You do a lot of things together. There's this there's this strong level of trust that needs to be built. And, you know, that the same goes, you're only as strong as your team or are you only as strong as the weakest person on your team or however that goes, you know, but it's, it's very true is that, you know, I'm very, I love being on team. And I just, I feel like myself with fire department coffee, like I don't look at myself as necessarily the owner or the CEO. Like, I just feel like I'm a part of the team and I, I love it. I love being on a team and having a mission and going after it together. When it's all said and done, what do you want Fire Department Coffee to be known for? That's a good question. I want to be known uh, for coffee, of of course, but uh, we want to be known for our impact, our impact in our communities, uh, because we're we're here. You know, we roast our coffee in the USA. We're creating jobs. We're creating opportunities in our community. I am I call Rockford, Illinois home now. That's where we're at. That's where I was a firefighter. Got to know a lot of people in this city. The city has been super supportive of our our company. I I want to you know grow the company here. Continue. We have three facilities here now in Rockford, Illinois. Looking for a fourth facility for some additional different type of production that we're doing. And it's you know this is this is home. So we were having we're having impact in our local community. We're having impact in our firefighter community. We're able to support sick and injured firefighters and first responders. And I want to be able to do more in our veteran community too. One of the things that we're, we support is veterans transitioning into the fire service through the Illinois Fire Service Institute. So the program is through the Illinois Fire Service Institute and veterans can go into the program and see if the fire service would be a good fit for them. And they can basically do some training, get some education and see if that's where they want to go. So it helps veterans transition into the fire service. And we, we just want to make sure that we're at whatever we're doing. It, you know, the, the team is everybody's winning in the process and we, we win together or we lose together. And we want to be known to as a winning team that has impact in their communities. And that's local, national, specific to, you know, the veteran community as well as for us, what's really close is the, the firefighter community. I can definitely see you being a platform for that as well. You know, and I think similar to, you know, we're both veterans. Veterans like to see other veterans win. I think that's what separates our community. You know, you can have two coffee shops side by side. And if we're both veteran owned businesses, I don't want you going out of business. And I would assume you don't want me going out of business. So you leave one spot and you're like, hey, make sure you go talk to Mike. And then I'm like, hey, man, make sure you go hit up Luke. And that's what's unique about us. And I think the love and support that you got from the firefighter community was because vicariously, many of them were probably living through you. You know, they have their own dreams and aspirations outside of the firehouse. And I'm sure they have families and kids and stuff, too, that they want to be able to show one day and be like, hey, you should check out Luke. You know, he was a firefighter and look what he was able to do. And I think you serve that for that community and you definitely serve it for me. That's why I wanted to get you on here. And so I know you talked about what you want to be known for. 
and we've got veteran entrepreneurs tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. How can we help you accomplish all of that? That's awesome. I appreciate you even asking that question. And you're so so true. What you said is like there there's plenty of room for everybody to succeed, and we want to see our community, people that are in our community, succeed. And I I appreciate you asking that question. We you know, we're, we're wanting to continue to grow and get the word out there. We're in national retailers across the nation. So, you know, if, if they, uh, if they drink coffee and buy our product, that's a way of supporting us. When they do that, it also supports sick and injured firefighters and first responders. Um, we also do some, some things with the veteran community and want to build that. And, but, but yeah, they can, just help us spread the word, you know, support the, the brand by purchasing the coffee. We, we're very grateful for that and appreciate it if, if they do choose to do that. And yeah, so thank you for, for asking that question. Luke is a good dude, y'all. When I met him at the conference, like he probably barely remembers me, but I just remember your energy. I can just tell you were so grateful and thankful. You brought all of us coffee and these amazing hats. I'm probably going to put mine on <laughs> when I get back to my apartment, man. But it's been great having you on. And I'm gonna get some of your protein coffee. So Thanks, I'm on my strength. I'm on my strength training these days. You know, I do my starting strength. What is it? Squats, bench, deadlift, etc. And I'm gonna start drinking my coffee protein in the morning. So I'm excited about that. So I'm gonna support you that way and to help get the brand awareness out both through this podcast and uh, talking and writing about what you guys are doing. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. And and same with you. I mean, you 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 were you were so nice to come up and you know and meet me and like i i went to that event i didn't know a lot of people there and a lot of people were in tech you know a lot of a lot of veterans seem to go into tech or defense or whatever they use their skills that they learn from from the military and but i i you came over and you just so inviting to have me on the the podcast and help help us get the word out and support us so i'm super appreciative of that mike and i look forward to continuing to cross paths. I'm sure we're going to cross paths in in different areas and look forward to watching your brand grow too, as you continue to do stuff like this and helping other veterans get the word out and, and, you know, spread information, spread information is powerful and data is powerful and you're helping, you're helping share information to, to our community. And so thank you for all that you're doing, Mike. I appreciate you. Well, what I'll do is I'll be sure to put a link to fire department coffee in the show notes. Now, you guys got activation in, I believe, all the Walmarts as well. So people can go pick your coffee up in person as well. So we are rolling out in a lot of Walmarts. Uh, so we'll be across the nation. And that should be hitting shelves 2024. Uh, but we are in a, a lot of other retailers, national retailers as well. And if you go to our website, there's a store locator. You could just put in your zip code. and it'll, it'll show you where the closest store is if you wanted to buy in a retail location. Will do, man. Appreciate you, Luke. And for all our listeners, be sure to uh, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you haven't done so already. And be sure to check out FireDepartmentCoffee.com as well. Again, they got a lot of great stuff. They're launching all kinds of products. I follow you on social. So that's how I know. Get some coffee protein with me. And uh, if there's some topics you want me to cover on this platform or you know somebody to be a good guest, reach out to me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman or shoot me an email at MikeWearIronBound.com. Till next time, everyone, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we blend strategy, storytelling, and podcasting 
to transform your brand into a dog whistle for your perfect customer. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by Mission Plus, a tech platform that helps nonprofit organizations upgrade their websites and leverage technology to deliver their services online. If your organization cares about its mission, then it needs to be built on Mission Plus. You can learn more by visiting missionplus.com. 